Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of the Ridgefield Consulting Accounting Advice Podcast. This one's going to be slightly different to the others. As some listeners will know, we assist many of our clients with R&D tax credit claims, alongside their other accounting needs to maximise the value we offer. I'm joined today by our innovation funding lead, Bryn Richards. Hi there, Bryn. Hi, Simon. Bryn's going to join me for a catch-up about what's happening in the world of R&D to give you, the listeners, a roundup of what's changed in 2020 and, you know, really why businesses should be considering claiming R&D tax credits. But first of all, I'll let Bryn tell you tell us a little bit more about himself. Yeah. Hi, Simon. Um, I, I'm an engineer by, by background. Uh, founded my own company in 2010 uh, and, and took it to, to a stage where I could hand it over to others, and, and I enjoy consulting to other startups. Uh, so uh, R&D tax credits are a great way to help to fund innovative activity. Uh, it could be uh, a, a bolt-on, something that we're trying to invest in our business as an operating business, uh, or it could be a business in full-on startup mode. Um, but it's a, it's a great way to potentially uh, fund some, some investments in your future. Yeah, sure. And uh, and as I'm sure we'll, we'll perhaps come on to talk about other aspects that interact with that, perhaps like the grants as well. Well, I mean, as, as you say, um, 2020 has been, been a year of changes, really, for in, in so many ways. Um, and in terms of the R&D tax credits, uh, I mean, I guess the first thing to say is we, we've really seen a lot of businesses looking into it and, and wanting to claim R&D tax credits in 2020. And I suppose one reason for that is it's been such a disruptive year. And in, in disruptive times, you're either investing in your business or, or potentially um, uh, going down. So, so those kinds of um, changes and adapting business models and, and technology platforms to kind of the, the, the new world of, of 2020 um, has probably led to a lot of companies thinking more about their R&D spending. So, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, it, well, it's come back in the news now, obviously, that the, the big B word. It's been the big B word and the big C word. And uh, we had three years of B word, one year of C word, and, and now we're sort of coming back to a bit of B and C. Um, <laughs> I think you lost what me, those things are. <laughs> <laughs> um, But obviously, you yeah, have Brexit coming up. So, yeah, I mean, it's certainly an interesting question. Um, I, I mean oh, Brexit and COVID. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm on the sorry, I, I just yeah, caught well, up. I, I, I was hoping our audience might be uh, yeah know what those two things are. I'm, I'm a little slow on the uptake on the morning. It, it seems like we need an A, yeah. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, well, perhaps then, um, uh, yeah, you, you know, we're talking about R and D. Can you, you know, perhaps talk about some um, experience in claiming for, for you know for our current clients in in the last year and and perhaps how. I, I don't know, you know, whether you're actually doing the claims, some of the sort of the, the, the aspects that have, that have been different this year, but, you know, because of COVID or uh, perhaps not necessarily Brexit so f- as of yet, but, um, you know, in, in actually doing the claims, is, is, are there are things you, you can perhaps comment on there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's probably three areas. There, there's, there's quantity, there's probably focus, degree of focus within the business, and, uh, and also their funding sources. These are probably the areas where... There have been some some things to comment on in terms of of 2020. So so in terms of quantity, yeah, more people are claiming. I think more people are thinking about it. They're they're wondering how they can conserve costs and also how they can make investments in in adapting their business and and looking to the future. Um, In terms of focus, uh, I I would say that um, I've probably seen, we've probably seen uh, as as a business, more clients who are are kind of bolting R&D onto other stuff, right? Yeah. So, so the classic thing is it's the startup that's just got funding and hired a couple of people and they're developing a cool new product. That's like the classic R&D claim, I guess, in some ways. Um, but actually, um, people are increasingly realize, realizing 
it's this tax mechanism is not just meant to help those guys. It's meant to help everyone who's investing in their business. So um, I would say um, we're seeing more and more people you know, really look to, well, okay, we've got this operating business, but there's this new product we've always wanted to try developing, or there's this new way of organizing our, our data that we've always wanted to try. And you know what? If, if we've got a 10 or 15% downturn in activity this year, now's the time to invest in that activity, potentially. Sure. Um, so there are claims kind of coming from all angles, mm. in a sense, which, uh, which is fun for me, because yeah. part of my job is to sort that out and explain <laughs> to HMRC, this is R&D, this is not R&D. Um, I mean, and the other thing that happens in terms of focus um, is we get to, to funding sources, the third area. And if you're getting funding through you know, venture capitalists, it's pretty clear that you're spending it on R&D most times. But, but if you're getting funding from customers, um, your customers are asking you to try something new or trying to adapt your business. It's a little bit less clear, you know, because R&D is your own investment in your business's future. It's not your customer's investment. But on the other hand, you get a lot of situations where the customer is kind of pushing you. you know, let's try something new. I want you to adapt your products or services. Yes. And then you've got to go and take that pressure and, and make the investment. Um, so we're also seeing clients having to uh, clarify for HMRC where the investment's coming from and what's motivating the, the work that they're doing. And, and where possible to show that it is the company's own risk and, and, and own uh, investment in, in R&D. But I mean, that's not making, I mean, just on that point specifically then, I mean, in terms of HMRC, well, if we look at it from an economic level, we're, you know, we're, we're told we're way behind the percentage of GDP, uh, you know, compared to Germany, compared to our European cousins in terms of our in terms of our spending on this. So we obviously, you know, the government wants more, more, more investment in R&D. But, you know, on, on that other side, then with it perhaps being slightly... Uh, I don't know if you're saying it's harder, perhaps, in, in terms of, of clarifying the claims. Are they looking at more? Are they checking more? Are they, or is, it, is, is the leniency in, in, in their acceptance, is, is there, have there been changes in that? Or, Well, I, I would say, broadly speaking, the, the, the claims are being assessed in a consistent way. And we're seeing HMRC hitting their, their timing targets and being consistent in the level of detail that they want in claims. Um, but uh, but but you're right. There's this background of you know what's happening to our economy. We need to invest in in the future of British businesses, um, and and it's probably an important uh, an important point uh, to to mention that this isn't charity. This is the government, you know, cynically trying to yeah. make the British economy <laughs> successful, right? Um, and and so one of the clear messages is, is that R and D tax credits are, are certainly not going away. They're they're um, they've probably even had a higher profile in, in the media and the government's messaging, yeah. just saying to businesses like, look, do R&D and take the benefits that are there because they're there for a reason. Um, and, and a lot of countries have R&D tax benefits uh, of a similar sort of style, but the UK is one of the best. Right, yes. Um, and the other thing we see is a lot of the time, uh, even foreign companies or companies that start in the UK with foreign investment want to maximize their, their UK R&D tax credits. I mean, the other thing we see a lot, with, with uh, especially in the software world, is um, companies that are leveraging labor pools outside of the UK. Mm. But if they're a British business, if they're using British investment, you know, there are a few different conditions to look at. But in a lot of cases, even a company that's doing a lot of their R&D overseas can potentially qualify for, for British R&D tax benefits. And, and that's for a reason. That's to um, support the British economy and, yes. and just make this a hub of, of innovation. Now... Actually, on that, there are some changes this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was going to be prompt my, my next uh, uh, question to you, Bryn. Is uh, and of course, you know, I, I I'm in the industry with you and uh, and and see these things coming from you know on, on the tax side. But um, yeah, look, there's um, we know there's this uh, potential PAYE cap 
um, that's been been touted for some time. And um, perhaps you could, uh, yeah, just explain to our listeners a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, this is really an anti-fraud uh, mechanism, and uh, and and probably nothing to be worried about for for the vast majority of customers. But um, but it's new legislation. Uh, the government consulted on it, uh, even beginning in, in 2018, they were talking about it. They had a formal consultation in 2019. And to be honest, there's been similar legislation on the books before at different times. Basically, yeah. what it is, is it's, it's a cap to say, if, if, you're, if you set up a, a you know, sort of a shell that, that's really piping a lot of money into R&D, but the R&D is not really creating jobs in the British economy then yes. there are some limits and caps around how much of the R&D tax credit system you can use. So it's just, it, it's probably a, a, going to catch or change, you know, a percent, a couple of percent of clients, but it's just to make sure that a lot of the R&D that happens in Britain does generate jobs. Right, I see. And, and so everything's kind of reasonable from an order of magnitude point of view. You know, they're, they're saying, well, uh, if, if we're going to process a claim for you, let's look at what the quantity is. Um, and and let's apply a cap. So so government's saying if, if you're PAYE and national insurance bill, you know what the, the tax you're paying on, on your employ, employment in the UK. Uh, let's take that, and if your R and D claim is more than three hundred percent of that, mm. which means you're probably spending you know like ten times that yeah. figure on R and D, um, then we'll just cap that that spending. Right. So so you've got to have. Uh, a tax bill for your employees that's on the order of a tenth of what you're spending on R&D, which is pretty pretty reasonable for a lot of customers. Sure. So I, so I suppose you're saying then that, that um, perhaps some of the lower levels, it's an anti-avoidance uh, fraud type measure in one way. It's also an, a, 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 a fraud measure perhaps in terms of overseas uh, companies trying to reroute through the UK to to get the credits. Um, but actually, if we, if we take that as practical advice for the client, I'm assuming that probably means that putting people on the payroll and having a bigger salary um, rather than a smaller salary and dividends, that's a practical change for the client then, that, that they should perhaps be, you know, where possible, even externally provided workers or maybe subcontractors, there might be more scope for getting people on payroll to, to, to maximise the claim. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it certainly helps, you know, the, the extra tax cost of being on payroll as opposed to paying yourself director's dividends or something is going to be all but nullified if, if you're doing R&D activity. So, it, so in a lot of cases, it can be that last push to say, yeah, get, get on payroll. And as you know, Simon, when we talk to clients, you know, there are often other, other motives and factors. It can just be good to be on payroll for a number of reasons. Maybe you want to buy a house in 10 years' time, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> you want right. to get your mortgage, you need, yeah, of course. Yeah, maybe that yeah, contractor yeah. that you rely on doesn't get up and leave because you've got actually got him in a proper, on, on a proper payroll. Or we could just be cynical and think that the government wants everyone to be in a pension scheme. Yeah, it could be. Because, um, <laughs> of course, if you're on the payroll, you've got to do an auto-enrolment. So yeah, course, um, yeah. there's, there's lots of different angles there. But, uh, yeah, okay. But, with these... but, Simon, you put that in your R&D claim as well. Oh, pension God, pensions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't miss that one, of course. Right. Yeah. Well, because dividends, yeah, no, but pensions, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I suppose win for the government, win for the client. Um, probably not often we say that. Um, sorry, yes, going on from that then, um, what would you say with these changes that you know are coming up? Well, I suppose we've talked about one of them there with putting on people on payroll, but is there anything else that you know you think people can do to perhaps uh, you know optimise and maximise their claims Um uh, you know, when, when we're, we're working with them on the, on R and D tax credits, yeah. Well, another change is that the the so called RDEC uh, rate is going to be more generous. So the, the businesses that are not claiming under the, the the very generous SME scheme, but claiming under this other tax scheme, 
uh, are going to get a, a higher percentage back. And that could be either because they're a large business uh, or, or they could be claiming under that scheme because they're running grants. Yes, that's I mean, something we'd always encourage clients to look at. Yeah, I mean, we did mention that at the start of the conversation that there is always a, a huge overlap between uh, between grants and, and R and D tax credits. Um, Definitely. So, so if if a client has grant funding for for their R and D, uh, potentially this is this is very good news to get a little bit of a higher rate. Um, but also, I mean, in terms of things to watch out for, um, you know, with grants, you've got to look at how you comp- compartmentalize things so that the grant isn't affecting too much of your tax claim down the line. Yes. Um, and we've, we've touched on, you know, the salary, the PAYE stuff. Um, I mean, probably the biggest other area uh, in terms of watching out for, for potential problems is, is to think about how, how your businesses engages subcontractors in R&D. Right. Because there's a lot of complexity there as well, you know. Um, Again, I guess it's anti-fraud stuff. This sort of becomes a question: Well, who's doing the R and D? Are you doing it, or have you just paid a contractor to do it? Yes. <laughs> are, they t- are they taking all the risk? Um, so we can get that clarified. I mean, the best thing is if if clients are talking to us from from day one, saying, "Look, we're we're, we're interested in grants, or we've we've won this. We're thinking of signing this contract. We're thinking of engaging this contractor. How do we just make sure we're not?" creating problems for ourselves down the line. Yes, of course, we can yes. always give that continuous advice and just keep everything correct and, and it, optimized. It's getting your ducks lined up, isn't it? And, and of course, there's the crossover sources of funding that we're not talking about You know, here with SEIS, EIS, and, and all of these types of things. So I think you know, getting your duck lines up in that year one, year two, year three is, uh, is strategically you know, very important to, uh, as we said, well, I was going to say to these startup tech businesses, but uh, you know, we've already mentioned that it isn't just the startup tech businesses. So... You yeah, know, I was I mean, then going to ask you why do so many other businesses assume they can't claim them? Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny. I think I think part of it is pe- businesses need to realise that they can make a claim based on a little project. You know, yeah. they could have one guy working on something in you know one day a week, and that could be an R and D project. Might as well claim for that, right? Yeah. It's money on the table. But a lot of businesses, if, if their main business isn't R and D, they don't necessarily think of it. You know, but but you know we we support people in construction. Um, um, you know, equipment, equipment hire, um, r- repairs, um, maintenance businesses. Um, e- even if the core activity isn't going to going to fit a tax definition of R and D, if these businesses are, are working to improve and invest in their future, then it could well um, meet a tax definition of R and D. I mean, broadly speaking, the definition is you've got to be doing something technical, like, yeah. you know, basically technical in, in nature. Um, and uh, and you've got to be taking a risk um, mm. to, to create some new value that you might make money off of in the future, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're doing anything in a business that's not just responding to immediate customer demands, and if it's technical in nature, you know, there's, there's someone technically qualified doing it. The output is is quantifiable. You know, kind of getting away from maybe the, the branding and marketing, but if your investments in the business are more towards capabilities, yeah, then, yeah, it's potentially a very good fit for R&D, even if your main business is baking cupcakes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the two that always spring to mind with me that we, we've, we've, we have dealt with in the past, and one was a, a bailiff company that was uh, that created a, a platform for, uh, it, was, it was a postcode thing, you know, so it, I mean, lots of companies may use this now, um, but the type of technology for, you know, figuring out the best way to go around its routes in the day. Um, and you, you know that that qualified. And I think another one was an, an, an alloy wheel 
um, a finish that was going on an alloy wheel, and you you just wouldn't perhaps stop to think, you know, this isn't space age, it's not NASA, it's it's just something that's fording a fundamental uncertainty, and 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 you might as well have a look at it, come and speak to people like us, and see see if there's a claim there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and and um, even at, at the other end, you could have like a deeply techie business and they've got grants to research cures for cancer and stuff like yeah. that. But maybe they're also storing some of their experimental results in a database and they just reformat it, make it something that's more unique to them. Yeah. And, and suddenly you've got another little side project that they can just claim a benefit on that's totally separate from everything that's already grant-funded. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there are all these little opportunities usually lurking in the corners, right? Exactly. <laughs> so... Um, I guess, you know, perhaps getting to, to, to wrapping up shortly now, um, you know, if we, if we could perhaps put you on the spot, Bryn, um, you know, could we, could we perhaps ask you for your top tips for business owners considering claiming R&D tax credits for the first time? Yeah, I, I would say uh, first top tip is probably um, ask the questions early, you know, get the advice early. Yeah. Um, just to put your hand up, let, let some professional know that you're thinking of doing this and they'll just flag up any potential big problems or just make sure that, that you've got things on the right path for, for a claim. Um, I'd, say, I'd say also keep, keep records, right? <laughs> so tidy accounting, please. And just, you know, um, if, uh, if we ask you what that employee was doing last November, hopefully you've got some kind of way yes. of remembering, right? Um, and, and then lastly... Um, yeah, just um, uh, just I suppose um, take advantage of the scheme. You know, it's it's there to encourage uh, a little bit of risk and a little bit of investment in, in the future. And yes, um, if that can be beneficial to the business, um, and and then you can also on top of that get get something back for for the risk you've taken. Then, then yeah, I'd say just keep it in mind. It's probably the, the third tip. Brilliant. Well, well, listen, Bryn, uh, as ever, uh, I thoroughly enjoy you know our, our, the work we do together on 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 the clients that we have and. Uh, you know, and, and, and having a cup of coffee and, t- and talking these things through. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, and for for our listeners, please just go to our social media channels at RCL Accounting uh, for the latest tax advice generally and news. Thanks, yeah. Brim. Thanks, Simon. And thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Yeah, um, give us a call. Um, great to hear what you're working on. Thank you.